Welcome to the Harwood Hustle powered by PGC Basketball. We believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. In this episode, TJ and Sam and PGC Basketball Director Kyle Kazuda discuss whether or not it's important for your players to like you as a coach and to ultimately have fun in your program. In this episode, you'll hear how you can create a fun environment and team culture while also holding high standards and working even more productively towards your goals as a team. Before we start, a quick word from PGC Basketball. Coach, one of the easiest ways to make your offense work and win more games is to have a team of lights-out shooters. But most coaches don't have time or don't know how to create a team of deadly shooters. That's where PGC's Fall Weekend Shooting College Camps come in. We'll equip you and your players with the coaching mindset, mechanics, footwork, and training plan every player needs to increase their shooting percentage. If you're tired of not having a team of knockdown shooters who can shred any type of defense, bring them to a shooting college weekend this fall. We have 46 fall camps nationwide, so just go to pgcbasketball.com to find a session closest to you. And as a special bonus, we have waived the fee for coaches to observe the shooting college course. Over 1,500 coaches attend PGC camps each year and spots are limited. So reserve your spot today at pgcbasketball.com. Coaches, welcome to the Hardwood Hustle. It's me and Sam, and we also have Kyle with us, special guest. He works with us at PGC. We just finished up our Phoenix PGC coaching clinic. And one of the things that we talked about throughout the weekend that I thought was really interesting was there were certain times when we just really related to a coach. And we thought, gosh, I would really like to play for that particular person. Or we had conversations throughout the weekend where it's like, you asked me, why aren't coaches more fun? Why don't they have more fun? Why are they so serious all of the time? So in today's episode, we're going to talk about just being more likable. You know, how do you become more likable as a coach and you know how does that even translate some coaches say I don't even care about being likable but all of us have played and we've played for coaches that we liked playing for we played for coaches that we didn't like playing for so we're going to talk about some of the things that actually made them likable now we know if you want to achieve at a high level if you want really good things to happen like you got to have some serious moments but it's also okay to have fun it's also okay to be likable so Sam why don't you start us out just tell us some you know some things about coaches that you liked playing for what made them likable why do you think coaches should be more likable well when you talk about me as a player it's a little different because that's a dangerous place to go to me I didn't think of as a player I need to like my coach that's not how I thought nor do I think now but that doesn't mean how players think because I actually hear the players I work with that's a very common conversation with them and parents They're like we really like this coach or I don't really like and, and it's translatable to like that means whether they're going to play or they might transfer out of there yeah. uh, so that is a reality in today that players do need to like the coach to a degree um, but I also think it depends on how a coach builds a relationship and so do you make the player better are you consistent with that player uh do you care about them as a person i think if you do that they may like you but it's not i don't go into a gym thinking i need my players to like me today i do walk in a gym i want to have a high level of care i want them to know that that i care about them as a person and a player and i'm going to invest a lot into them but i personally don't think a lot about but i have in the recent years and really months thought more about do I need to be more likable yeah and we're in the relationship business you know I mean we're working with people whether it's our assistant coaches uh, whether it's our, our players administration we're working with people so we're in the relationship business and I think you frame that right I don't think we walk into the gym oh I hope they like me and to be honest with you I think if a coach walks into the gym thinking I hope they like me I don't think they're going to accomplish very much mm-hmm. but 
at the same time, it's okay to be a likable coach. It's okay to push people hard and also find a way to enjoy uh, the process of coaching them and build a strong, sturdy relationship where you enjoy each other. Kyle, give me your thoughts on it. I mean, we, so we listened to Molly Miller this, this week. Perfect example of creating a culture where people do like her as a coach. But if you it, it, listen, the extreme is like people just like you, but they're not getting better. Okay, well, that's not really a great coach. The other end of the extreme is people, they just cuss at you and you're not getting better, I would say. But like Molly, for example, she had a group of uh, 10 or 12 high school guys and within like 10 to 15 minutes created a nice culture of those with those guys and was teaching 40, 50 coaches at the same time. And I think part of this is because, one, she knows the game really well. And so there's a respect level how much she knows the game. And she had them laughing. She had the coaches engaged. She was, at some level, it was really entertaining to watch. I'm not saying you have to be entertaining as a coach, but it was fun to just watch how much fun those guys were having spending 90 minutes doing defense. Yeah. And not, defense isn't that fun, but the way she she engaged them, the drills she was putting them through, just her personality made it fun for them. And they got way better at defense, which is, I think, the thing that is missing. is You have to... You have to make them better to what Sam said, but it's okay to have fun. She let a guy dunk at the end and she celebrated it versus cutting off at the knees um, in that moment. She's like, no, let me embrace this moment. These guys are having a good time. They just worked hard for 90 minutes. They can, they can goof around for a second. So do you do you need, as a player, you play Division One, yeah. Division Two ball, do you need to like your coach uh, for you to enjoy the experience? Like, I don't like you very much, but we're in the gym together, right? right? But but in all honesty, do you need to like your coach? Uh, is that an important thing? For me, yeah. It is for me. And I had coaches I liked, I had coaches I didn't like. I mean, who in life, whoever we spend a lot of time with are the people we like the most. Like, if I'm around you a lot and I don't like you very much, and I choose my friends. I'm not going to choose to hang out with you anymore. Right. Now, I don't get to choose my coach. But so, like you said yesterday in the clinic, you were like, if we're in the uh, this business of relationships and we have guys spending all this time, I don't want them to have to, it doesn't have to feel like a job every second. Yeah. And if it does feel like a job every second, they're not going to enjoy it. If they don't enjoy it, they won't like showing up to practice. They won't play as hard. They won't, you probably won't win as many games, all those things. So I think, you know, I think of any business or any coach, if they create an environment that's a little bit fun, it doesn't mean goofing around all the time, but it's maybe we're playing more games. Maybe we do allow ourselves to goof off every once in a while, shoot a half-court shot. Then the guys and girls are going to like it more. They're going to they're gonna have fun showing up. Yeah, you know, I, for me it matters. I mean, I think about every job I've ever had, and I think like working with PGC, working with you guys and Mono and the people that we work with, like, you know, there's times that the job isn't the most fun. There's times when the job is a lot of fun, but I'm always thankful for my job, particularly because of the people that I get to be around. And me as a player, that mattered to me. Like I went to my first college and I transferred pretty quickly because I just didn't have a relationship. And I had a hard time playing for somebody that I didn't have a good relationship with. And so I think there's a lot of coaches out there that uh, relationships matter, don't matter. We don't have to be in, enjoy the process. But there's a good likelihood if you've got 15 players on your team, you're not going to get the most out of five or six players on your team because they do value that relationship. There's some that maybe can compartmentalize it and say, I'm just here to do my job and I'm here, you know, at the end of it, I'm just going to move on and that you might get the most out of them. But our goal should be to get the most out of every player we possibly can. Yeah. And I think relationship, being enjoyable, being around people you enjoy, having a good time doing that uh, is, is important to a lot of people. The number of hours you invest, right. we all played college basketball. We've all coached. We've all been, that's a lot of hours to give of your time and, and your effort to not have any fun doing it. And it, it would be like, you know, a, a gymnast or a tennis player that gets burnt out. I think there's coaches that are getting yeah. burnt out because they're not enjoying what they're doing. I, I, if you're going to define fun, a lot of it for me would be allowing laughter. Mm. And 
I mean, I come from, I've done comedy for a long time and I know that, and you know, we all know inherently that when people laugh together, walls get broken down and people feel more comfortable. So often when I, I mean, I've been around you, Sam, you've been at a In-N-Out burger or whatever, you go up and you somehow make a connection or make a joke or make the person on the other side laugh. Well, they feel a little bit more comfortable in that moment. And so in comedy, you know, people go there to be entertained. But I also think they go there to just feel a little bit better. They want to. They want to laugh. Why do people pay money to laugh? Because it feels good. Mm. And so I think a lot of coaches cut laughter off at the knees. And again, there's levels to it. If we're just laughing all the time, there's just definitely moments that, you, that isn't the right time to laugh. There's moments of intense battle. Yeah. Well, I think the the thing here is you got to think about the business of coaching. And oftentimes, coaches are measured by winning and losing. So right there, you got to recognize that's how they're measured. That's how they're viewed by their athletic directors, by their parents, by their players, by the the whatever school they're at, by the alumni. And so that inherently doesn't say, let's go have fun today. That says, let's go win and win at all costs. I've got to get this player to do what I want them to do at max effort. And so coaches don't step into that space thinking, let's go have fun. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying we got to remind ourselves that's where coaches' mindset is. Yeah, and that was my next question. Why do coaches not do that? Because the best coaches I've ever been around do a really good job of when it's on, it's on. And and when it's off, we can have some fun. And even occasionally – we get into a situation, we may be serious and something happens. I mean, I re- recall a situation. I know you like humor, but um, I had one particular player that was uh, Austin Farrell, who's probably going to listen to this, on the baseline. Uh-huh. And he had a reputation. He didn't play a lot. He had a reputation for kind of zoning out sometimes, you know. And he was over there, and he was like a, a spiritual leader of our team. And he was always out there doing all these different things. And occasionally, I'd even let him miss practice because his heart was in mission work. And it wasn't oh, in basketball, yeah. but he was a senior. Yeah. And he would go. But, you know, he's in practice. He's sitting on, on the uh, baseline one time. Sitting down. Uh, no, he's standing on the baseline. Sorry. <laughs> he's standing on the baseline. But he's – He's obviously in a different world. Right. He's not he not yeah. not with us in practice, right? And somebody tries to throw a rocket as a pass on a backdoor play, and it gets him right where you know it hurts. Yeah. And in that moment, the right whole there. team and it it wouldn't have been so funny if it didn't hit, if it hit somebody else, but it was yeah. him right. because you knew if he was paying attention, it would not have happened. Right. And in that moment, we were really intense in what we were working on, but you couldn't help but not to see the humor there, right? Yeah. And that was a great time for us all to laugh. And to be honest with you, some of the best times we've ever had have yeah. been in intense moments where something happens and you realize, gosh, it's not quite that serious, yeah. you know? And, and I think those are great moments for team. But the question I was getting back to is like, what are some reasons? The same, I think you hit on it, you know, like that inherent pressure, you know, to win. And that's one reason. Can you think of any other reasons why coaches might not, you know, show up with as a jovial, you know, let's right. have fun or let's enjoy the process type of person? What are some other reasons they might do that? Well, I'm going to, you know, I've heard Doug Collins, who is a longtime NBA coach, his son's, you know, head coach at Northwestern. He said in a clinic one time, he said, I'm more interested in you loving me tomorrow than liking me today. Point me. I'm more interested in you loving me tomorrow than like so he that that would translate to I'm gonna challenge you and push you to a limit today that you're not comfortable with. You may walk out of here not liking me, but in time you will love me and appreciate what I'm trying to do for you. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I, I say that and share that story because there's there's again where 
we don't associate fun, likability with getting better. I, I do, and I've I've had to challenge myself and grow myself in the last few years because yeah. I'm a I'm a pretty serious intent. And Kyle tells me I need to smile more, so I'm trying to do what he tells me. But you know, like you can have fun and get better. Those can coexist. Molly Miller was a great example. Yeah. Like even as I watched her yesterday, I was thinking. I need to. I need to smile more. I need yeah, to have more yeah. fun. They're not mutually exclusive, which just drives me nuts. Like yeah. coaches could listen to this and think what you said. I know my players need to respect me, which they're basically in that statement would be saying. So I can't be laughing and having fun with them because that's not my role. But it's culture. Yeah. It is culture. So if if again a player enjoys being around those people, they will work harder for those people. Yeah. And so to come in and think that it, it's not okay to have fun, I would say. Greg Popovich, she says, I'm going to coach you hard. I'm going to tell you the truth. Right? Or, or, I think those are the two things yes, she says. Right? Yeah. I'm going to coach you hard. I'm going to tell you the truth. No, he says, I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going to love you to death. Those are the two things he says. Yeah. And I'd say Greg Popovich, those, that, those guys love him. And I, I'm, I've never been around his practices. Maybe you guys have. Have you been around some of this I'm stuff? I have not, no. I just, I, and I've watched video. I mean, these guys, are, I think they, the, to me, the best coaches I've been around, the ones I've liked playing for the most, were okay with it yeah. at times, but not all the time, right? Yeah. There's, there's times for it. Again. Yeah, and I think probably some, some level of getting secure in yourself as a coach. You know, I think that maybe in a young coach, you feel like you got to prove yourself. Uh, which I, I don't think is necessarily true. I, I, I would like and or, or want coaches to think about this, and we all do this. Like that, okay. I graduate from college, and for I'm going to work hard for the next 35 years so I can retire and have fun, right? Like that's that's just really you're going to just those 35 years are about business. And I think sometimes coaches look at it like that. Well, for these 35 years, I got to have a successful career, and I got to go through that. I, I would feel miserable if I didn't enjoy that 35 years or parts of that 35 years. Yes, we all sacrifice and do things to to earn our way and and to build some capital and do that. But enjoying the process is a big part of it to me. Like if I've got to go work an entire season, have no fun with my players, and then all of a sudden when it's summertime, I get to have a little fun, that doesn't sound like a great existence to me. Like I want to be able to go through that process throughout time. But there are reasons, you know, the wins and losses. There are the reasons of, of feeling the pressure to, to get it done, the, the pressure to prove yourself. And I would challenge coaches. I don't think that's necessarily true. Like I don't actually think that necessarily equates to a better experience for your players, a better experience for you, or does it equate to more wins of being serious all of the time? Yeah. And you, and you can say you go in and you win five championships or 10 championships and at the end of your career, you retire and there, there's some proud being proud about that's good. But what if you look back and you're like, you never had fun during the whole process. You just got all these cho trophies in your office or rings on your fingers, but you didn't have fun. And um, I think it's good just to have a barometer and a check in as you go and, and have people around you that, that do speak truth into you as a coach and and make sure it aligns with with uh, what you're trying to do with players and, and running a program. Yeah, let, let's talk a second about and you've already mentioned a couple of these, Kyle, but like what does make for a fun and likable coach, you know? And, and again, let's just say that I'm talking about the, the perfect coach. So let's, let's, let's throw out the coach that's always serious and whatever. And let's throw out the coach that's just really funny and likable, but doesn't get the most out of a team. Like, what's that good medium? Like, where, what is that? What is that coach? You know, we, we already said one of them. They know when to turn it off and they know when, when to turn it on. But what is that coach that does both? They, they, they create a winner. They create a really good program. They, they build up men or women, but at the same time, they have fun doing it. So, you know, 
what are some ways, what are some signs or things that you see happen on the regular basis? Like you alluded to some earlier, where it's like, you know, uh, Molly Miller, she was just laughing when things happened or she didn't cut out the fun. You know, they got the breakaway dribble and they got the dunk where most coaches are like, well, that's not part of the drill. Cut it there. You know, what are some other things coaches do to make it just a little bit more enjoyable for players and build that relationship? And I, I'll give you one to get started. I, I think being able to laugh at yourself is really important. You know, I think being able to, when you do something or you teach something and it didn't go very well, I mean, I've been in practice before and been like, all right, let's do this. And I'm like, you know what? Scratch that. It sounded really good in the office, but it was, it's not really good. So sorry about that players or whatever. And just kind of laugh what happened. They know it wasn't good. I know it wasn't good. It's okay. It just wasn't good. But be able to just say it wasn't good and laugh at it and be like, man, I don't know why that seems so good in the, in the office, but didn't show up there. So I think humility for a coach is a big part of that. And, and vulnerability, your ability to show you're vulnerable and you make mistakes. But I think, I think little things is whether it's five seconds before practice or it's five minutes, but letting your, letting your players see you smile, joke with them, again, whether it's before practice, after practice, in practice, but getting those individual touches so they see a human side of you because sometimes all players see is the the militaristic or authoritative voice and you're trying to get them better, but they need to know you're a person too. And again, these things can coexist. You can be in a, in a huddle at five seconds ago in a timeout. I, I like to do this and step in in a high pressure situation. And I like to make a quick joke just to get everybody to relax and see like everybody's cut so tight. And I think coaches need to look to inject humor more that's yeah. that's one thing. Go ahead. You have a joke for us right now. I have a lot of jokes, Just but try, try making us laugh. Give us one. Give us an actual example that. The- like an actual example would be: I don't care what people say about you. I think you're a really funny guy. <laughs> hey, you know what else? Uh, we used to do this when I was in college. Small example, but you can broaden it out to however you like. Just little rituals at shoot around. We had we had a, we played gotcha at shoot around. This is so small, right? But culture is a thousand small things built over time to actually create these these environments we want to be around. But we played we played gotcha to finish out every shoot around we had. I don't think our coaches liked it at first, but they watched just how much fun we were having doing it. And it was just a way to you know, uh, it was a way to lighten the mood, but also just get our minds off of this intense moment we're about to have two or three or four hours later. And I think the, the biggest thing about humor for a moment, the biggest laughs actually come from when the tension has built up so much and eventually the bubble gets burst by some moment that happens, like somebody gets hit yeah. on the baseline. And so I think those rituals could be taking place at the beginning of a practice, at the end of a practice, in a shoot-around. Um, there's so many little things that you could do that if you're not a funny person per se, right? Molly has an amazing personality, Molly Miller. And so she's, she has good humor to her. It's natural to her players. There's going to be coaches listening. They're like, I've never made anybody laugh in my entire life. <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do? Right. First Google, how to be more fun, how to be funnier. Right. But like these little things, you can kind of script yeah. them up. Well, I, I think it too, it's important to define fun. I've heard you talk about this too, TJ, but the definition of fun for a coach could be different for the definition for the players and then within the players they have their different definitions fun can also be working really hard together towards a common goal so that when we're in march we actually have a chance to play for a championship that that's fun that's a little bit different than humor and a little bit different than our opening which is like can you be likable as a coach maybe what we're even talking about right now it is fun reason that we're winning is fun you know so your coach could be like yeah i don't all what you said earlier but you know i don't know that winning's always fun okay I mean, I mean, like, I, I think it is fun, but you look at these people that like burn out after they become yeah. great. Like, 
they, they won and they won and they won yeah. and I don't even want to play anymore. You yeah. know, and I can't, I think about all these athletes that play basketball at a high level or tennis at a high level. And when they're done with their four years, they're like, I'm done. Like, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. Even if they won at a high level, there's, so I don't know that it always is. I think the process really does matter. Did we really enjoy it? The, the ultimate for me is when, when players want to come back the next day to practice. They want to come back because we want to work hard. They want to come back because I want to be around my teammates. I want to come back because I want to be around my coach. I want to come back because, you know, today's not going to be dreadable. Like I've been in dreadable situations as a player, as a coach, where I didn't want to go back the next day. And nobody wants to be in that situation. And as the coach, to be honest with you, you're probably in control of that as much as anybody of whether people want to show up the next day. And I mean, where, like, if you ever, you're the boss, you're the coach. Let's say that you don't like your principal, you don't like your AD, you don't like your team, you don't like, you don't want to go to your job the next day, right? Why would you wish that upon your players? Like, why would you want them to not want to be there the next day? I want a hungry team, you know, if you could say hungry, happy, yeah, just, I I want, I want them, I want them to want to be there every single day. I think it really goes back to the first thing I said, which was allow after. I think I just, I, I, in the moments, you have a hundred percent of your time, you have two hours, you know, 5% of it is committed to somehow we got to allow our guys to laugh or make them laugh. And I, I think the environments that we like going to often, and think about any environment you've been or any great teacher you've been around, one is they're probably really good at their job. They know the game. They taught you the skill. And they probably allowed laughter at some level. I mean, there's going to be coaches that just were hard-nosed. They got you better. They helped you get to this place. They cared a lot. And you never laughed once together. Absolutely. Yeah. But any environment that I've enjoyed being around the most, and this is my personality more than, than anything, it was allowed. It was allowed. And it, in fact, it wasn't even just allowed. Like, people tried to embed it inside of our environment, yeah. which which made me. You know, I've done a lot of improv. And so we'd go into improv. In the first five minutes, we would do an exercise. And in that first five minutes everybody was laughing for like three of the five minutes. Then we switch, flip a switch, we get more serious into the thing we were doing that day. And it can be that quick. It can go from this to this. It can go from getting hit on the baseline to, all right, let's get right back to it. Here we go. Right? And then you jump right back into yeah. it. You have to teach your player. I, I actually talk about this with our players a lot that I coach is I do want to be able to make a joke with you and us cut up for two, yeah. three minutes. And then, but I, if we're going to do that, I need you to be able to lock back right. into yeah. a serious yeah, moment. Right. And, and that's something a coach has to teach their players on. Younger players, you know, they could get like your guy. Yeah. Younger players, it could go too far. Yeah. And all of a sudden now it's turned into we're going to walk over you. We're going to be joking on the sideline. Yeah. It's not established how we're going to operate. Yeah. It's definitely a skill because most people won't walk in there naturally and just feel the room and say, let's laugh. Now let's be serious. I think that's an actual really good skill to teach young people, you know, in those moments, like, hey, understanding what's going on, what's expected at the moment and show up the way that we need you to show up. And, and that I would say the majority of young people, that doesn't happen naturally. So yeah. it is something that you, you need to teach on the regular. And then, you know, you talk about, I know that you do improv and and, and a lot of comedy. I don't know how you're not very funny, but the um, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. See, can we but, laugh for a moment? Yeah. Can we just let's get back serious? Uh, yeah, we're back in. <laughs> that was a little too quick to get serious. Okay, you didn't right. let the laughter right. go. Can I make us laugh again? Um, uh, well, I don't have anything right now at this moment. <laughs> but okay. all right. So I, one of the things I saw that I thought was really good. I think it was I, when I was watching Kentucky basketball. Yeah. I think it was Steve Shenbaum, your friend, yeah, and yeah. one that we've had at uh, PGC. But he did improv with Kentucky yeah, basketball. It's on, YouTube video, you uh, on, yeah. And I, I just thought, I mean, we, that next year we tried to do it with our team, we had fun. It wasn't as good as leading, being led by Steve, but doing it with our team, like the, the flip side of that is, you know, if we, as a coach, we've been talking all about as a coach, yeah. being able to laugh, 
there's a lot of times players don't know how to do that. Maybe they've always been a serious trainer their entire life. Maybe they're not very vulnerable. But I think that the ability to laugh and to have a good time produces what you said earlier, earlier, which is vulnerability. And uh, we know that vulnerable people create a really good team that can grow together. And so things like that, using improv, using laughter just to, to create vulnerability is inherently going to make you closer, which is going to make a better culture, which we all know we preach for a long time. A better culture is going to lead to better results. It can be as much as five minutes. You know, like what I don't, I don't know any improv things. You use that example. Go on Google and just type in improv games. Like our friend Adam Bradley, he uses a lot of improv in his lead em up um, program. And it's, it can be as little as five minutes. It can be as much as 30 minutes. It could be as much as an hour. But I think it would be in a, it would be, it would be a lazy comment to say, I don't have the time to do that. That would be like saying, I don't have the time to build a culture. Yeah. Uh, you know, all those things matter. I didn't, I didn't think y'all were friends, you and Adam. I love Adam. He's listening right now. <laughs> but vulnerability, I, I would say one final point on that. Vulnerability is one of the quickest, best ways to create connection. Yeah. And the more connected team, the team is, is going to have more fun and go further. Essentially what you said. But yeah, vulnerability is a key piece in all of it. Yeah. And, you know, Coach, I know we talked about a lot of things here, but it wasn't that you have to go to practice to try and be likable. In fact, it'll probably backfire on you if you go to practice <laughs> and your goal is to be likable. Yeah. And, and, and you, you're going to attempt to be funny like Kyle did. And it doesn't always, sometimes <laughs> it falls flat. But when you go to practice and you think about, hey, listen, what do I want this experience to be like? I think it's a great question to ask yourself. You know, if I was to take a two-hour practice, what does a perfect two-hour practice look like? For me, there's some joy in that practice. For me, there's some laughter in that practice. For me, there's a lot of connection in that practice. For me, there's a lot of hard work in that practice, all of those things. And if you were to look at your two hours of practice, you might say, well, we just worked hard and they learned the lessons. And that, that might be your two. But you have to be aware that that might not be your players too. But I think generally, when you think about uh, the joy of practice and, and making it joyful for practice, laughter is a part of that. Vulnerability is a part of that. Hard work is a part of that. Like those all go into the soup, right? Like some of those ingredients are missing. You're probably going to be missing something. So uh, the goal of this show is not to go in there and make you want to be more likable, but make you conscious of the environment you're creating, how you show up, because your ability to laugh, your ability to enjoy stuff is really going to have a big influence on what practice feels like on a daily basis. So Kyle, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Uh, that is Sam. I am TJ. And we are the Hardwood Hustle. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hardwood Hustle, where we believe in the value of a coach. Don't forget, we have our upcoming PGC coaching clinics and there's still time to join us. We have five dates and locations left to choose from and each clinic will feature a variety of topics and speakers, which you can check out now at pgccoaching.com backslash clinics. That's pgccoaching.com backslash clinics. From the Hardwood Hustle team, our goal is to bring you quality content and journey with you as a coach. We'd love to have you share our episodes with coaching friends so we can continue to grow our community of coaches. First things first, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Hardwood underscore Hustle, where you can like, share, and stay up to date. We appreciate you and can't wait to be with you again next week.